Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is Beth Borowski. Beth is an Executive Director and Senior Global Program Clinical Head in Neuroscience at Novartis Pharmaceutical Corporation, where she has been since 2018. Prior to Novartis, Beth spent 12 years doing clinical research and development for Huntington's disease, first at CHDI Foundation, where she was the Director of Translational Medicine, and then at Teva Pharmaceuticals, where she was a Senior Clinical Development Director. Prior to that, Beth spent 13 years in CNS drug discovery and development with Sanofi and Synaptic Pharmaceuticals. Beth received a uh, Bachelor's in Psychology and Neurobiology from Rutgers University and a PhD in Pharmacology from Duke University Medical Center. Woohoo! She completed her uh, postdoctoral training at the National Institute of Mental Health. Beth, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to be talking about Vibrant HD, um, which is a study, a trial that Novartis is doing. But before we get started, um, Beth, would you like to share a little bit about your connection to the HD community and what it means to you? Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I spent the last 15 years working pretty much exclusively on um, trying to develop either new treatments for Huntington's disease or to develop the tools that are needed to enable others to um, develop treatments for Huntington's. Um, so, so part of what I did when I was at uh, CHDI was I, I was what was called the Director of Translational Medicine. And what that means was I undertook the task of, of working with um, a number of really great academic scientists to understand the stage of the disease that occurs before uh, a neurologist says that you now have symptoms of the disease, so in the, the pre-manifest period. And this is important because you know that may be the best time to start treating patients. So in order to develop drugs for the pre-manifest stages, we have to have you know, biomarkers and endpoints and tools that we can use in clinical trials. So I spent you know, many years there um, working on studies to actually understand the natural progression of the disease, including in the, that pre-manifest period. Um, and as part of that, I also got to just meet some of the best you know, HD clinicians and scientists and, and, and patient advocates. And it, it really became a big part of my life. Um, and when I, when I also advised a number of foundations on HD, uh, advised a number of companies on HD. And eventually when I left, I, I decided to continue working on um, drug development HD, even when I went back into uh, working for pharmaceutical companies. And it, it's really just become a passion in my life. We are certainly glad to have you um, 
you know, in the HD community and being part of it because um, it's people like you who have that passion, who continue that passion and, and everything that get us to where we need to be, um, you know, with, with research, yes, but also just, just in general, um, you know, like you said, sharing with foundations and educating others um, in a professional uh, way. So thank you so much for, for that passion and for sharing um, what you have about HD. So tell me a little bit about Novartis. What, you know, what is, what is Novartis? So Novartis is a very large, uh, very international pharmaceutical company. Um, it's not like a small biotech, it's what we call big pharma. Um, so our headquarters is in Basel, Switzerland. Um, but we also have a very big presence in the U.S., uh, which is actually where I'm based, and a lot of my team is based here as well. We're, um, I happen to be based in New Jersey, but we also have um, a lot of our research that's up in Boston. So Novartis was founded in 1996 um, with the merger of two other companies called um, Sibagagi and Sandoz, which people may remember. Um, so together with those two companies, we have more than 80 years of experience um, in the neuroscience field. And Novartis is doing a clinical trial for HD. It's called Vibrant HD. Um, so what drug does this involve? So the name of the uh, investigational medicine that we're exploring in Vibrant is Branaplan. Okay, and what is Branaplan? What, what is it supposed to do? So Branaplan is, um, uh, is what is called a messenger RNA splicing modulator. And I will explain what that is, because that's not something that most people would know about. So um, if you think back to you know, high school biology, we've learned that our genes have instructions for making mRNA, and then the mRNA gives instructions for making protein. And proteins are really you know, the, the part of our body that does all the things that the body has to do, They're sort of the, the building blocks of the body. So what Brownaplam does is it disrupts the body's ability to make complete messenger RNA for Huntington's gene. Um, it basically stops the process midway through before it can finish. So with the messenger RNA incomplete, the body is not able to then generate the Huntington protein. So what Branaplam does is it results in a decrease then in the amount of both the normal Huntington protein and the amount of the mutant Huntington protein. And since it's the mutant Huntington protein that's believed to be the underlying um, cause of both the onset of Huntington's disease and the progression of Huntington's disease, by reducing the amount of mutant Huntington protein throughout the brain and the body, our hope is that Branaplan would slow the further progression of the disease. So in essence, it's an oral drug that decreases the amount of Huntington protein. It, it is treating the actual disease, not a symptom. Um, yes, so yeah, it, it is. It's, it's getting to the root cause um, if the root cause is mutant Huntington protein, right? It should reduce the amount of Huntington protein. Okay. And what's so great about Branaplam is that um, it is oral, correct? Correct. In fact, it, it's actually a liquid right now. So, so like many other um, drugs, Branaplan was actually originally developed for a different purpose. It was originally developed to treat um, 
uh, a condition called um, uh, spinal muscular atrophy, also known as SMA. And this is the disease that affects um, infants, type one SMA. So when we developed it for that indication, we used a, a liquid, uh, sort of a sweet vanilla milky flavor. Um, and we have decided to continue that. We had a, an advisory meeting with um, some patients and they really liked the idea of using a, a liquid medication. Um, we may change this later, but for the current child that you mentioned, Vibrant HD, it'll be uh, an oral drug. And you know, one of the things that, that is, there's a lot of things that are nice about an oral drug. Um, it's, it's first, it will be easier for people to access if it makes it out there. Um, but it also gets distributed through the body very evenly. And I think it has maybe a better chance of getting to all the parts of the brain it needs to compare to a drug that is administered in, in a different way. Absolutely. Um, I actually really love that you guys are leaving it as a liquid. I think that it will be a lot easier for um, people to take it. Um, so yeah, I love that you guys are leaving it as a liquid. Oh, that's great. It also has the advantage if we need to ever, um, you know, titrate the dose or, or change the dose within people. It's actually easier to, you can just change the, the volume um, of the dose. I don't think I mentioned it too. It's actually going to be, a, right now it's going to be a once a week um, uh, medication. It, it lasts quite a while in the body. So instead of taking, taking it daily, um, like maybe um, you might take another medication. This one is given once a week. Which is awesome in itself because, um, you know, only having to take something once a week, totally doable. Um, so what about the clinical trial itself? How long are you planning on, you know, having it? Who's eligible to participate? That type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so this is, it's what's called a phase 2B trial. So it's, also known as a dose-finding trial. Um, so it's pretty small. We're, we're um, recruiting about 75 people. Um, we're recruiting um, people that are early manifest HD. And we spoke earlier about that it's nice to be able to go to pre-manifest, but for this trial, we are recruiting people with early stage manifest disease um, between the ages of 25 and 75. So in terms of the length of the trial for an individual person, it's a little difficult. Let me explain the design and then you'll understand. So um, there's two parts of the study. Uh, the first part is a 16-week dose-finding part. Um, and in this part, people, you know, once they're, they come in, they go through screening. If they're eligible for the study, they'll be randomly assigned to receive either ranoplam or placebo. Then they'll take that, you know, once a week as an oral dose. Um, and then after the last person finishes their 16 weeks, we will evaluate all the data, select the dose for further development. And then at that point, everyone, even the people that were on placebo, go into the second part. Um, this is a part that we refer to as an open label extension. It basically means that everybody will be on the active dose, no one's on placebo, and we'll just be following people for uh, safety, tolerability, um, and clinical assessments as well. So um, the length of time that anyone's in the study depends on whether they're one of the first people to, to enroll into the study or one of the last ones. Um, uh, and then the open label extension um, uh, currently is for one year. And are you looking at um, 
you know, multiple visits in, in that 16 week period? Like, what does that look like as far as visits go? Yeah, there are quite a few visits. I mean, we, um, it's very typical in a, in a study that's a phase two study, right? Where we, the first time we're studying this in, um, in, in adults, don't forget our, our experience in SMA was in infants. Um, and uh, so there will be a number of visits within the first 16 weeks uh, before the open label extension. At the beginning, we have um, a few weekly visits. After that, it's, I believe, every four weeks, people coming in. Um, and it, at the beginning, there are more safety assessments than, um, than later on in the study. Um, so yeah, it's, there are a lot of um, assessments that people will undertake. Some of them are um, you know, your sort of your typical clinical assessments to see how people are uh, progressing in terms of motor and cognition and mood. Um, and then there are uh, visits where um, even though the drug is given orally, uh, we do want to look at how much Huntington lowering there is in the brain. So to do that, we will be doing lumbar punctures, um, just a few, not every visit, obviously, um, so that we can collect cerebral spinal fluid and measure the amount of mutant Huntington and, and other biomarkers. Um, and then people will also undergo brain MRI so that we can look at um, any change in uh, brain atrophy throughout the trial. So. Um, yeah, so th those will take place over the 16-week trial, um, as well as into the open label extension as well. Is there somewhere online that people could go to find out more information and um, in the study or the trial itself and seeing if they are eligible? Yes, they can go to clinicaltrials.gov and, and look for, um, they could search for Vibrant HD or um, Probably you could put in the code word for Novartis and Huntington's disease. Um, they can also reach out to their, um, if, you know, um, their physician to see if their physician is, is participating in uh, the study and they could provide them more information as well. So if, if they don't have, um, if their physician is not participating and they would like to participate, are you guys offering some type of compensation or a way for travel to be covered, um, to participate, anything like that? So I guess it would depend on how far, there, there are quite a few visits in a study like this. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would be very difficult if someone was uh, you know, a, a six hour drive or a, a right. plane ride away, that would be very challenging. Um, but if there was someone who was you know, within their, you know, their, their commuting distance who was not their normal physician, um, that could be worked out. Yeah, I'm, I guess it makes sense if you're gonna have to do weekly um, at first, yeah. that would be a lot that's, to have to fly. Yeah, that's obviously. just the very beginning. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, that is there, there are a few visits um, weekly, but but after that it is, it's just, it's once a month. Yeah, so you mentioned, um, using the MRI to note changes um, or, and the lumbar puncture, obviously that's being used now for the purpose of, of learning about a biomarker. But um, are there any other, like what techniques are you using to note the changes? Techniques, so um, 
So again, the main purpose of the study is to identify the correct dose of Branoplan based on how much lowering of mutant Huntington we see in the CSF, right? So in a very short period of time, um, we don't expect to see um, a lot of change in the normal progression of the disease. It'd be difficult to then uh, detect a change in a change in in, in the decline of, of the of the disease. So um, the, our main measure, in addition to safety and tolerability, will be uh, lowering of mutant Huntington in the CSF. So that that's measured by um, the lumbar puncture. Uh, we can also measure changes in mutant Huntington lowering in um, in blood samples, since branoplam gets it gets distributed throughout the body, um, so we can measure that. From the MRI, we will look at changes in, you know, the size of the of whole brain as well as particularly regions of the brain that are um, sensitive to change in Huntington's disease over a longer period. Um, within the clinical assessments, um, we will be looking at measures of motor function, so the the UHDRS total motor score people may be familiar with, um, a few cognitive assessments, a few measures of um, psychiatric function and mood, um, and we have a measure of apathy. Um, apathy is, a, is sort of a under under uh, valued um, aspect of Huntington's disease, so uh, we made sure to put a, a, an assessment in there for apathy. Um, yeah, and that's it. Nothing, we don't have any, um, we're not doing any sort of wearable in, in this study. Um, we may do something like that in a, in a, in a later study, but um, there, there's already a lot of assessments in this study where people, uh, we don't want to overburden this um, with things that will not be helpful for helping us with the main goal, which is to identify a dose um, to take into further development. So in a perfect world, you guys find your dose that you know, that we need and move on to a phase three study. Yeah. And at that time, obviously it's a larger study. Um, will you at that time be able to include, or is it even on the table to include pre-manifest or will you just look at the early stage of HD um, and then later consider pre-manifest and all of that? Yeah. So, sir, we definitely believe that an oral Huntington-lowering drug would have the potential um, to slow the progression of the disease in people that are gene-positive, pre-symptomatic. In that case, it, it, if you go early enough, it could even just delay the onset of symptoms potentially. Um, so we do want to go into that population you know, as soon as we can. Um, um, and at this point, um, you know, we are working on writing our protocols for our phase three study, which we can't really do anything until we complete this current study. Yeah. Um, but I think we will be considering at that point going into um, a, a very broad population, whether it's one trial or two trials, we don't know yet, but it would uh, likely include both people that are um, at least in the prodromal period. So maybe a late pre-symptomatic um, and early symptomatic. Which is very exciting. I am very happy to hear that personally. Um, well, and I'm also excited about the fact that it's something that you only take once a week. Um, so I'm really, I'm really happy. I really want people to go and actually read about Branoplam. I, I think that you guys, um, for those who don't stay up to date on research, 
um, it is worth it to go and read on Brandaplan because this is something that would be very easy to take. It is something, you know, you're taking once a week. Um, and I know that, you know, obviously in a dose binding um, trial, there are more visits up front, um, but it's something that if we have something like this available to us in the HD community, why not do it? Like this is the perfect, perfect type of trial to, to um, participate in, especially if you can do an open label um, afterwards. So, you know, one of the things that I am really doing for HD Awareness Month is encouraging people to participate. Um, if you have the opportunity to participate in research, do it, whether it's an observational study or a clinical trial, such as Brandaplan and Vibrant HD. Um, and if you guys have questions about these trials, please feel free to reach out. This is, you know, one of the reasons that I share these things with the HD community, because I want you guys to know what's going on and what's exciting and what is, um, you know, what we can do for ourselves as, as part of the HD community, because it is up to us to make these things come to fruition. Without the participants, they go nowhere. So um, if there's one thing I can encourage you guys to do for HD Awareness Month, it would be to participate. Um, and I am happy to help in whatever way I can to get you the contacts you need. So please feel free to reach out. Um, Beth, I wanna thank you so much for joining me. Um, it's a, a pleasure to talk to you again. I got to talk to you on the HD CAB meeting, which was um, extremely helpful. And um, I, I'm just really excited about Novartis doing this. Um, I really got the feel from that call that Novartis is interested in hearing the HD community. And so I thank you so much for coming on and talking about Vibrant HD and Brandaplan. Well, thank you. And thank you for inviting me here. This has been a real pleasure to, to get you to know you a little bit better um, and hopefully to, um, to share this message with your audience. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So for those listening, I just want to um, remind you for the month of May for HD Awareness Month, my campaign that we are doing um, or the Help for HD campaign um, is called This Is HD. So you guys can either send me your photos and stories and I will share it on social media for you with the hashtag This Is HD, or you can go onto your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and share your story and photos and hashtag This Is HD. And the purpose of doing this for HD Awareness Month is to, to get people to realize the real HD, the, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, um, all of it. And so for HD Awareness Month, that is absolutely what we're trying to do and really bring um, all of the aspects of HD to light for everyone um, to raise that awareness. Um, so please feel free to send me your photos, tag me on Facebook um, or post yourself and just put hashtag this is HD. I will find it and make sure to share your stuff. Um, also, make sure that when you go to the Help for HD website that you are um, looking to get the goodies that Katie and Katrina uh, have gotten from our sponsors. Um, I believe it was Teva and Griffin, Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation uh, made it happen where we have some really great goodies to give for Awareness Month. Um, my favorite is the t-shirt. Um, the HD awareness t-shirt for, um, for May. 
And also there's a really cool coloring uh, bag. So it's a HD, JHD backpack thing that um, your child can color. So check it out. Um, go to help4hd.org for that. And until next time, love you guys and take care. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.